0: So, join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785 Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785 Welcome to episode 322, Charles Kelly from Lady A on the untold origin story of the band, their name change, the song he's proudest of on their new album, a really good interview. But before we get into it, Let's check out my top five favorite releases out this week. Number five, Maddie and Tay have a new song called Madness. Number four, Morgan Evans has a new EP called The Country and the Coast, Side A. Here's a new song called American Dream Truck. At number three, Shy Carter has a new EP called The Rest of Us. We have a really good episode with Shy Carter from a couple months ago, huh? Yep. And here is a new song called Wild. John Mayer has put out a ballad version of a song Last Train Home and here's that.
1: Maybe you're the last train. Maybe you're the last train home. Oh, I'm on the last train running. And at
0: number 1, Tiara has a new song out called Gentleman. Some quick albums that are out. Ed Sheeran has a new album. Let's see. LV Shane has a new album. He has that song. It ain't my boy, but that's my boy. I don't sing it exactly right. (laughs) But so Mitchell Tenpenny has a new album. It's a Christmas album. And Hayes Carl has a new album out as well. All right. On to a really great interview with Charles Kelly from Lady A. With Charles Kelly of Lady A. How's it going, man? I'm good. You know what? I was talking to the guys here before you came in, and they were like, "Is it all three of them? Is it just Charles?" I was like, "It's just Charles." And I like it when it's only one person. Yeah. Because it's difficult to interview a group whenever there are multiple voices in the group. Mm-hmm. If it's Zach Brown Band, yeah. it's easy because Zach's the only one that's going to talk. <laughs> yeah. And even then, it's hard to get him to talk. I'll be honest. One of the harder interviews. Is <laughs> that <Zach, laughs> really? I like, I, oh yeah, I like Zach off yeah. the air. peculiar guy like him, but he's a, really a hard interview. And yeah. there,
1: there are the people that I just don't like interviewing because we're tough to interview. Yeah. You're not one of them. No, I sometimes have uh, word vomit, which is which I've had several times on your show.
0: But I would much rather have word vomit. Mm-hmm. You and Luke,
1: yeah, I, I don't have to worry about no, it. No, definitely not Luke.
0: Yeah, I can go, the, it's 72 degrees outside today, and then just sit back for 30 minutes, you know?
1: I still, I still get literally like breakout in hives thinking about that one interview where I met Mariah Carey. And I kept saying Carrie Underwood. <laughs> and I meant that Mariah Carey just, yeah. you know, cause singing so hard for so long has like and 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 y'all were all looking at me and like Hillary looked at me and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know y'all are best friends with Mariah Carey. And it was like, dude, Carrie Underwood. I'm like, dude, Carrie Underwood has like probably the strongest female voice in our genre, which y'all hadn't have been like, you were just insane. So uh but yeah, you get a lot of that with me. I figured. I was like, I I know why he wants me on this show and not with Dave and Hillary because they can interject and rein in the crazy.
0: It's not even just reining in. It's hearing a story as told by a single person. Mm -hmm. And singular stories are so important to me. And and I've gotten a chance to get to know Dave a little bit even away from the industry. Um, But when it comes to you guys' story, to talk to one of you, I feel like hearing it from all three of you separately is better than hearing it... All three of yeah. you together.
1: It would be really interesting too, because we've we've even learned, especially over the last like four or five years, a lot of how you know how differently each of us interpreted different like parts of our career, you know, and kind of internalized it. And I didn't realize, you know, the way like Hillary had viewed those first five years, or the way Dave had viewed those first five years, and me, you know what I mean. And we're, because we're all like, you know, we talked about that Enneagram a lot. All three of us are I mean, so Dave's different. who got me into the Enneagram years ago. Oh, yeah, ago. he's yeah. super into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think you got to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. Same. I mean, it's not like it's, this like proven religion. But it's, But uh, I do think it helps you at least just communicate a little bit better and understand people's personalities.
0: You know, with you guys, in, in a couple of places, I want to go to start this. Okay. It's interesting that... Some artists are seen as newer, younger artists, even though you're younger than they are. I think at times, you guys have been penalized for breaking so early. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain to you what I mean. That we'll have these meetings, and I don't do a lot of radio meetings anymore. I don't program music. I really don't do I just kind of do the show and do my other projects. But at times, they'll bring in, and they'll go, hey, we're thinking about these artists for this, or even a, a television project. Yeah. And they'll say, you know, Lady A, they're very established. They've been around yeah. for a long time. But then we can go with a newer, younger artist. And before, it's been like Brett Young. And I'm like, hold on a minute here. <laughs> you know, Brett's older than these guys. Yeah. I think that at times, because of your success so early, people go, you know what? They're kind of an older group.
1: Yeah. Well, I, well, I kind of feel that way. I mean, it's funny you said that, too, because before we, we actually switched over to – uh to a big machine. I mean, we had obviously an incredible success and inc- incredible relationship with with capital and then eventually became universal. And we just felt like we were kind of sensing that from them. It was like, okay, we're, we're ready for some new blood or whatever. There are they're established, one of our established acts, but, and I remember Hillary being in this meeting with with Scott Borchette and she was like, I'm 30, yeah. like I'm 40 now. And she's like, I'm 33 years old, 32 years old. I've got so much more I'm ready to say and do and- and she was like, you know, we're you know we plan on doing this for a long time, and still have so much so much more music in us, and so it is kind of funny. But but you know what? It's a, it's a blessing too. I mean,
0: heck yeah, man! Be, guys- be,
1: being out on the road this past like summer, I mean, dude, it was fifteen years of of songs. And I was like, I, I mean, after not doing it for two years too, I was like, dude, that was an hour and a half to two hours straight of radio singles. Thanks thanks to you guys, you know, thanks to the fans, thanks to you guys at radio playing that stuff. And it was like, I remember when we opened up for Tim McGraw and being like he didn't play half of my favorite songs because he just couldn't fit it in the show. And that's just insane, you know? And we're not quite there, but it's like we could be. With all three of you, and you've been together, and you've been through extreme highs,
0: is there a Paramore type where you guys have, because they would go to therapy yeah. as a group because they got so big. Yeah. And as you get bigger, uh, everyone's, parts of people's lives amplify. Yeah. Um, did you guys have to deal with that? That success were... You were growing, success mm-hmm. was happening, and you guys had to manage
1: your relationships with each other. For sure. I mean, we've been pretty open about that. I mean, you know, the Paramore situation from an outsider looking in, she got so much attention. I'm sure that it was – I feel like Hillary has been, you know, to her credit, has been so great about it always being the group. you know, Because being the one female in the group, she could have probably, especially during the Need You Now – they're, like, really taking on so much more things. and But, but that's just not her personality. It, it, we are such a, a group, and the sound is so defined by the three of us together that I don't think it ever got there. But, But, oh, yeah, I mean, again, to get back to the personalities, I mean, the way I communicate, I grew up with a bunch of siblings, and we would yell and fight, and that's how you talked. And, you know, with Dave and Hillary, they grew up in very calm. You know, Dave, they would kind of – I don't know, you know, just very calmly talk about things, and same thing with Hillary. She she didn't like like when I would get upset about stuff. That's just me getting intense. That means I'm excited or I'm I'm, I'm very passionate about this thing. And It would come off like angry sometimes, and so we had to kind of work through that, you know. And I'm definitely a, a pretty strong Type A personality, you know, and 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 I wouldn't say the two of them really are, um, but you know, I'm not saying it's a good thing. There's a lot about me. I mean, I tell. My wife all the time, I'm like, I don't know if I would, if I like guys like me that much.
0: <laughs> I, th- I say the same thing about me.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't know that I'd be friends
0: with me. I don't really. I think at my core, I would like the qualities that I have mm-hmm. as far as empathy and, yeah. but, but I don't know that I don't want to hang out with an extreme type A like I am. I just think I'd wear myself out. Same. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. I, whenever people talk about you guys' origin story, how much of that story, and I can relate a little bit to us, and I've been with Amy and Lunchbox and... Those guys for 15 years. You know, we've been together since the, the beginning. Oh, yeah. But it's kind of become a character of itself and how we got together where it's all true. I did meet Amy at a, a restaurant, but there was a little more that went into it yeah. than that. I did meet Lunchbox at a bar, but there were a few things that happened before yeah. we were a show. With you guys, it's you met on MySpace, you got discovered at 3rd and Lindsley, and then yeah. there they are, they're
1: Lady A. Yeah. I mean, the truth, here's the truth. Uh, it, starts, it starts, I guess, around 2005. I moved to... Nashville. Uh, I'm I'm working in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I graduated University of Georgia, so I moved to North Carolina to work for my oldest brother, and he's like flipping houses and stuff. After about six months, I'm just like, I'm miserable. I'm like, this is, I, I knew, I like, this is not, this can't be it, you know, and, and um my, my other brother, Josh, was uh, having a little success, singer-songwriter Josh Kelly, anybody out there that hasn't heard his music, he had a really big hit called Amazing on, like, Hot AC and um, so anyways, he starts writing a lot in Nashville and he's like, you know, he, he was out in LA at the time and he starts kind of falling in love with Nashville. He's like, man, I think I'm going to move to Nashville. So he moves to Nashville in 2005. And right around this time, I'm just like, I've just hit this little point where I'm like, I- I've got to get out of here. Uh, and so he said, dude, just come on down to Nashville and move. And, and I, and I did, I just kind of said, screw it, move to Nashville. And I was there for, you know, with him for a couple of months and he met, his wife. And she's an actress, Catherine Heigl. Well, so they're just falling in love with each other. So now he's spending all his time in LA. So I'm there in Nashville all by myself. And I don't know anybody. I don't really know how to play an instrument. I always grew up playing drums. I was like, what, what do I do? Like, how do I get out there? And so I randomly called up Dave. I don't know what made me do this. We had like written a couple of really crappy songs, just piddling around uh, in college at, at Georgia. And I always knew he we was super talented. We would always go to the youth, the like the, what did you call it? I can't remember what it was called, but it was kind of a youth group thing. And he would always play in the band. I was like, God, that guy's really talented. But we weren't really super close, but we were friends. And anyways, I said, man, I know you're in Atlanta. And I was like, I just need to like write. Can I come up there and just write some with you? So this is a long story. I'm giving you a long story.
0: We have time for
1: it. You want it? Okay. So I would go up there. On the weekends, when he was off work, and he, he had this little apartment, and we would write, and like he would let me crash on the couch, and then I would like come back to Nashville, and then I would come back up there and, and write again. I was, it was just a very bizarre.
0: Is Atlanta up there? Time. I picture Atlanta being down there. Is that what you're talking about? Down Atlanta?
1: there, I said up there. Okay. Down right. there, I say up there. Anything, I'll go. I'm got going. Up, I'm going <laughs> up. To, I'm going up to the beach, and I'm talking about Florida. Got it, Got, it, got it. Yeah, that's another. Yeah. It's a. It's yeah. That's one of my wife's pet peeves of me. Um <laughs> going down there, um and so anyways, I would go down there we we wrote a few a few times like this, and then all of a sudden I was like we started getting a collection of good songs and days kind of going through the same thing. He was doing like this like accounting job where he was you know going to different businesses and like doing computer stuff and their accounting i don't i don't even ask me i don't know what it was, and he's like man this is this is this what it is is this what life's all about too and I was like, man, we've got something. I don't know what it is, but I said, we've got something. And I said, Let's, we can live at my brother's house for free. He's not there anyways. I mean, we had full reign of my brother's house because he was always up in L.A. If he wasn't on the road, he was with his girlfriend. I mean, they were smitten. And so we had this studio, and Dave kind of knew how to work it in the studio. So we started doing some demos, and we started going out and doing some solo shows just under my name. And it was like Dave, Dave and I were writing these songs. Sometime around there, you know, we created this MySpace page, and Hillary, lo and behold, was a fan of my brother Josh. Well, anybody that remembers MySpace, they have like your top friends. Well, all of a sudden, here's Charles Kelly sitting there. So she said she just randomly checked it out and was like, he's got a pretty good voice. Lo and behold, Dave and I go, or I went to this bar called 12th and Porter, and she was like up singing with a band some. And when she came off, she like saw me and goes, hey. I'm a fan of your music. I was like, "Really? No kidding." I was like, "Well, we should write together." And honestly, I say it all the time. I mean, I really was like, "I'm just going to get a date out of this. This girl's hot. We'll see how this goes." And she comes over like, "Well, let me take it back." So here's Hillary Scott. Y'all going to have to edit so much of this. This is awful. <laughs> um, and so it's rambly cuz I haven't told the story like this long. Every anytime I tell it, I tell it really succinct. So she comes over, um, or first I come home and I'm like, hey, Dave, I met this really beautiful girl. She wants to write. And so we immediately go to her MySpace page. And she, her songs are legit. She had been working with Rick Taylor Shaw. I mean, she had songs like Long Gone. Anybody that remembers our first record, Long Gone was on there, which made that record. And a couple other songs, which were just super like tight, You know, Nashville demos, just ready to go. And we were like, whoa, we got to get something ready. And so she comes over like a week or two later and we had this song called all we Never ever need. And I had a little bit of the verse and a little bit of the chorus. And I was like, I don't know how to finish it. And she, I mean, it couldn't have been two minutes when she was in, in our house and Dave's on the piano and she just starts singing the next line. And we start finishing this thing. Second song. Can't take my eyes off you. Fourth or fifth song. Love don't live here. And it was just like, Whoa, this is, this is badass, And, um, for us, really, we were just writing. Honestly, Dave and I were going to just try to write for her record. We were like, "I think this girl's gonna be a star." And randomly, um, you know, after a while, I was like, "What if just for fun, we we do this and just see how it goes?" And we started doing a show at Third and Lindsley. We opened up for my brother Josh, one of his shows at Third and Lindsley, and it was the reaction was just way bigger than anything we had ever done separately. And so that's kind of how it started.
0: I want to go back a little bit when you were doing <coughs> Enjoy that editing. doing, doing construction? No editing needed it. when you were doing construction. It, I mean, it kind of blows my mind to think that someone that's as talented as you are is roofing
1: houses. Well, it was so. I graduated with a finance degree at Georgia. So I mean, I I worked my butt off at Georgia. Like I mean, I had this like three eight. I thought I was just going to have all these job job offers no job offers. I think I got a job offer at Enterprise Car. So it really told me, it was like, it's who you know. So anyways, my older brother, he's 10 years older than me. And he was like, dude, instead of going and getting some entry level job where you're getting coffee or something, he goes, come up here, work with me. And I'm, I'm building something, you know? And eventually I was just like, we're going to, you know, we're going to build something like a, like a real, a real business and a real company. And, um, I just didn't have the patience. What I, I have,
0: But were you singing? And what I mean, I mean, I root houses for a long time. Yeah. I don't have the physical gift. That, but were you singing? I,
1: like, I. Were you flexing that muscle at so all? So I, I did a ton. So we we played in cover bands all grown up, middle school and in high school. I um, we played in a band like Inside Blue was um, our well our first band was called Spork in middle school when we wore the little spoon and fork necklaces around the school. <laughs> And then our second one was called Inside Blue. We did a lot of blues and Almond Brothers and just all kinds of different stuff. And so I played in cover bands all my life. And something when I went to college, Josh went to Ole Miss because we were in the band together. And then when I went to Georgia and I didn't have my brother with me, I don't know. I just didn't. I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. Forget it. That's a pipe dream. you know. Or I, I don't even think I ever thought it was going to be a real job. It was just something I could do. And so in college, it was kind of my, my little party gag. If there was a band, I'd be like, hey, man, can I get up and sing a song? And would people be just stunned? They would be kind of—it would be yeah. pretty cool, especially if I got, like, a really cool, like, R&B band, and, and i go up there and like, yeah, I know you wanna lean, in They'd be like, damn, because they got how many drunk, you know, college kids just like, let me sing a song. And... So you weren't known as the singer? No.
0: Just generally, you weren't Charles, the guy who everybody knows can sing really no.
1: well? No, no. Because you weren't? Mm-mm. I just didn't do it that much. And— I don't know. It was one of those things. I knew I could. I knew I could sing, but I don't know. I don't think I knew I was like good enough to do it for a living. I just thought it would be kind of a cool party trick, you know.
0: What about songwriting though? At what point? Mm. I, no, I, either one of them did you realize I can actually play in the big leagues?
1: Not until honestly, this is this is the honest to God truth. Probably not until Hillary. And we got together and it just, I mean, we wrote, Dave and I wrote probably 50 of the worst songs in the world, but they had a lot of great bones to them, like great melodies. Just didn't really know how to like wrap my head around the lyrics and really telling a story. But we were always, Dave and I are really good at coming up with melodies. Um, but when Hillary got in the room and then she introduced us to a lot of really heavy hitter songwriters and you just start figuring it out, man. You start figuring out that, the this these little puzzle pieces to songwriting and, and you know, and and... Because there is, there's, it, there's, an, there's an archetype to it, you know? You got verse, chorus, bridge, brings back the concept of what the chorus is all about and the overall theme, and you start figuring this out. But, um, but yeah, I don't think until we became a group that I actually wrote something that, you know, I would send, like, my dad the songs, and he didn't really react, really, really react until I sent him All We'd Ever Need and then Love Don't Live Here. And it was like, he goes, don't let that girl go.
0: <laughs> What's interesting about you and Hillary is that vocally, you're both alpha. And in a lot of groups, most groups, that that is not a factor. I mean, I could probably just start to list groups where you have multiple lead singers. Yeah. I mean, you can put them on, put them on one hand, yeah. right? I mean, you go eagle. I mean, they're just, yeah. you know. So was there ever a conversation of who's the real lead singer?
1: Um, not really. I mean, I remember some of the first... Um, God, it's so weird, by the way. I feel like when I have both ears in... It's kind of like when I'm on, live, like when I'm on stage too and I'm talking to the audience and I've got both of my headphones in. I have to take one out. I feel so disconnected. I don't know why. You can still hear me I'm through sure. the microphone. I, it's just a weird <laughs> thing. It's like, I still feel like I'm talking. No, I get it. I, I still feel like I'm yeah. talking in my head. Okay. But, um...
0: Well, take them off and then I'll tell you before we play some clips.
1: Oh, there you
0: yeah. go. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. Yay! Yay! This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. So what were we talking about? I was talking about the fact that you guys have two vocal alphas.
1: Oh, yeah. So when we went on our first radio tour, it was really funny. He's become a dear, dear friend now. But Nate Deaton uh, is up in San Jose, and he was like, I just I just don't know if people are going to get two different lead singers. He was like, y'all have to identify. Like People want to identify with a singer. And I remember being like Nate, I you know I hear you, but I don't agree. I was like, what about Fleetwood Mac? What about the Eagles? I said that. I mean, those those are they all had two, three very distinct singers, and it worked. And I was like, you know, in fact, there hadn't been much of that in uh, you know. I even I was like, what about Little Booktown? You know, they have two really well, really four. I mean, think about even the songs that that like Philip sings yeah. on and and uh, Kimberly. And so, you know, I was like. Don't let this be like some excuse not to play our music. But I will say early on, probably just because I was such an alpha, it kind of looked like maybe I was going to be more of the lead singer. But the songs, it was just, I don't know, as as the songs that really started coming to a head, I think as Hillary got her confidence too, because Hillary never really performed live that much. And so she was always kind of a little shy and you could just slowly start to see her confidence and her start to become, you know, more of a giant factor and the face of the group, especially in the second record. And you got Need You Now and American Honey. But I don't know. I just think it just, it it was always the way we looked at it. I mean, we always, from our very first record, wanted it to be a very balanced thing. And, um, and then finally, I don't know if you know, on the new record, Dave's got his first lead vocal. And so, but. I don't know. I mean, it's always been a pretty equal thing, you know. Is it deliberately equal? Mhm. It is. I mean, we write so much music. I mean, it's not like we're sitting there going, "You got 4 songs, I got 4 not songs like lines there are in three. a script
0: where people are arguing about but it." But we
1: want to make we want to make it. It's what makes us us, you know, and um I think it naturally has always just been something we've always wanted to do. And we're we're giant fans of each other's voice. I've said it, this is not blowing smoke i i really truly think hillary doesn't have as big of a range as some other singers like she can't sing up in the stratosphere and really low but in her range i think she's unbeatable i think she's got one of the the best tone in our genre in her spot of anybody i really truly believe that and um we're just really big fans of each other's voices and we have a, a lot of respect for for that and i don't know as we reflect back for a second on the origin of the band
0: Whenever you guys name yourself and you call yourself Lady Annabellum, I would assume most people think that she's Lady Annabellum.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, which it's so funny. I mean, obviously, with all that has gone on with our name, I mean, it was the most silly, innocent way of naming a band. Literally, we're taking these pictures from these Antebellum homes, coming up with a name. We were about to call ourselves Spring, Springdale or something. We didn't know. We were just like all these names
0: did you guys name yourself though or did someone say hey, this? no is the we name. did yeah
1: we did when we were looking through these pictures I was like oh, that's a beautiful annabelle I'm home right there i was like annabelle it sounds southern it just sounds graceful it sounds like muscle shoals or something you know i pictured like i pictured like savannah and this thing And i, I don't know why i said lady but i guess i was thinking like S- scarlett o'hara i mean it's so funny if i could go back to what made because t- I came up with that name. And I remember, like, saying, and, and I said it to Dave, and he goes, oh, that sounds cool. And I was like, people are just going to be intrigued. At the time, all you wanted were people to go, what? Mm-hmm. What's, what's Lady Annabelle? And I was like, man, you know, there's all these other, like, cool bands, like Jane's Addiction and all these, like, like it gives it a little bit of mysterious vibe. And, um, and I was like, maybe there's this, like, haunted lady that used to live there, this thing. I don't know, Lady Annabelle. And it just sounds Southern. And, and then I didn't really think about it. And when we start going on tour, it's like, oh, so she's the lead singer. And I was like, Damn it. <laughs> I was like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm, if I could go back, I mean, especially when we were going through this whole thing with our name change, I can't tell you how many nights I would like stay up going and I would come up with names in my head. Like, why didn't I call myself, you know, freaking green grass, this green grass. Cause it was like, it was so, and how do you, how do you, how, how do you, how can you convince people that it was just like, it just came out of the thin blue air. I, I don't know why it just did. It just came out and it sounded Southern. And I remember having so many people going, I won't name the artist, but I remember having like two or three artists go like, y'all think y'all would be as successful without such a cool name? You know what I mean? And it was like, to them, it just felt cool. It just felt us. I don't know.
0: I can remember I was working and I was still doing pop and hip hop in Austin. And you guys were, Doing a radio tour because you'd bring by the little pictures yeah. signed and it was very early on, and I was like, "Lady Annabellum, what the heck is even is that?" But I was curious enough That's, to go
1: and check it out. I know, and you know, and I don't think we thought past that. We we didn't never thought past like what's going to make someone just push the click on MySpace and say, "What? Let me hear it." And I don't know. We even thought it was kind of cool that it would be like, "Oh, and then a guy's singing." I don't, I don't know. What I maybe mean, why? When you guys go and you play,
0: and you open for your brother, and it's the three of you, were you doing what you and Dave did, where you were just playing under your name, or did you even have a name, or did you have that name by We then? had that,
1: we had that name by then. We, first, before our first gig, I mean, we initially started, I think our, our MySpace, it might have been under Springdale or something like that. I think it was a road called Springdale, and I remember, like, telling that to some buddies, they're like, that sounds cheesy, and... You know, and we were like, oh, it sounds a little bit too much like Sugarland, too." You know, I mean, it, just the name is – it's so hard to come up with a name because everything – I mean, the Beatles, yeah. Eagles, you know. All the mascots are basically taken. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so, you know, we, we didn't want to be like two dudes and a chick or Hillary, Dave, you know, Charles Band. So it was just like, you know, you could just come up with this name. But uh, – and, yeah, it was just very intriguing to people, and it, it worked. Was it –
0: a frenzy, a bidding war, or you guys just got in with one label who believed in you?
1: No, it was, it was pretty wild. Um, so Hillary had had this development deal on Sony, uh, unbeknownst to Dave and I. We didn't know what a development deal meant. I mean, we had just moved to town. And, uh, and so she had had a development deal, I guess, and do- had done like a final showcase for them. And Joe Galani, they passed. And this was like two or three months before she met me, or maybe a month before she met me. And she said it was almost like, she says all the time, it's like one door closed and God opened another one. And I think truly she'll admit and I'll admit that we brought out the best in each other. I needed, some, I needed something to make me unique and to find my sound. Because I was kind of sitting here floating between, am I going to be like a pop singer, an R&B singer, a country singer? because I love it all. And I think being, that's the one problem about being in cover bands is you can sit there and be like, blame it all on my roots. And then you go, you know, all night long. And then you'd be like, Maroon 5, you know, I'ma get a phone. And you're just like, who am I? I gotta find my sound. And, you know, having her, I started bringing my register down and getting this kind of cool, you know, kind of Greg Allman thing going to my voice. And she brought that out of me even more. And I think for me, I brought out some confidence in her, especially in the performance side, to just let loose and to just trust yourself and, uh, and also give her a sound because, you know, when you listen to some of the songs she was writing, it, it was kind of like, okay, it's what all the girls are doing, you know? Like what's going to separate you from, you know, all the rest of the female country artists? And so I think I helped, Dave and I helped give her this sound too. And, and I don't know. It just felt like a cool package, and there wasn't much like that around that time, you know. And so, yeah, we we do this this showcase at uh, at Third and Lindsley and Victoria Shaw had invited all these people. I know, you know, uh, Hillary's parents had invited some some industry friends, and slowly but surely, it just grew. And I remember one of the last shows we had there at Third and Lindsley, we had pretty much every label represented, and uh, Paul Worley like just was the first when we got done jumped up and like rushed to the stage was like I want to work with you guys and he was at Warner Brothers and we eventually wanted to sign with Capitol Records and he I don't know if this is true but he said he left Warner Brothers specifically so he could work with us and he became just strictly a producer again and you know did our first our first four records
0: the first record when you guys go in and you start to cut songs as a new group did they have a lot of the songs laid out for you? How much of it? Have...
1: Oh no, it was that. I think that was the coolest thing. We had a pretty, a pretty um, alpha manager too, Gary Borman. He, he manages Keith Urban, and um, you know we're we're with corn Capshaw now. But Gary did it, did honestly a great job. I have I, I really do have a lot of respect for for him. And he, it was kind of like y'all got to give these guys some artistic freedom. And but they never pushed. I mean, I remember the A team was a little. Kind of confused, you know. They wanted to kind of dig their heels in a little bit and send us some songs, and we we're like, "No, man, I'm telling you." And I remember there was a big discussion on whether "Love Don't Live Here" really was a hit or it just sounded cool because it took a minute and a half for the chorus to come in, and that was like, "Wow, that is a long time, especially now." But yeah, oh, yeah, like, yeah. And there's two verses. I mean, it's like this whole verse, and then I go, "Yeah, boom, boom," and that's another verse, and then a chorus, then a verse, then a chorus and outro. So it doesn't even have three choruses; it's two choruses. And so it was very left footed, and uh, and I remember them being like, "It's not, uh, we just don't know." And and I remember us. Maybe I just didn't, I didn't know that I couldn't be this way. And I was like, "No, this is the first thing. Well, trust me, this is going to be huge." And I think our energy and our confidence just exuded. And I'm telling you, I was a more confident artist those first three or four records than I am now. It's like once you know what a little failure feels like you start second-guessing yourself. In that time, I didn't know what failure felt like. And I mean, I was just like, we're the greatest, we're, we're, we're the greatest things. slice sliced bread. Just trust us. This is going to work. Let's go. You also had nothing to lose. Had nothing to right? lose. Right. And I, I felt
0: the same way about the early part of my career. I had absolutely nothing to lose. Yeah. So it was balls out. Let's mm-hmm.
1: go. Taking chances. Yeah. Big risks. Isn't that the truth? I mean, it really, there's something about that, that innocence, that there, there's just a beautiful, there's a beautiful concept in just the not knowing. I mean, even being in that thing, I didn't know who Joe Galani or Mike Dungan was or Paul Worley and Hillary before that show at Third Lindsay, he was like so nervous. I was like, "What?" and she goes, oh, there's just all these people. It's like, I don't know who those people are. And so, you know, it was just such an interesting thing that now, you know, I will say after having, you know, certain singles flop that you thought were going to be great, it was like, you know, ones that you really pushed hard for that don't work, then you start going, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. And that's when you get, you know, Maybe it's a healthy thing. You know, again, I mean, it's like anything. You just kind of get a little bit of that second guessing going through your life.
0: What was the first single you guys put out? Was it?
1: Love, uh, Don't L- Love Don't Live Here. And then we put out Looking for a Good Time, which I will I will be honest. We were hesitant about that. I think they were just really wanting to push this youthful, fun thing. But, like, we listen to that song now. And Hillary especially is like, it's so not us. Like, you know, it's like talking about like a one-night stand. I mean, I'm not going to say, like, listen, I'm. I mean, I've I've I'm the wildest of the group, but like Hillary Scott singing about having a one night stand <laughs> is not Hillary Scott at all, right? And and it didn't do that well. I think it went to like number eleven or something. And then finally, it was like, let's get back to the great songs off this record, and we put out "Run to You," and that was our first number one.
0: So you've got "Run to You" hits number one. Is "Need You Now" after "Run to You"? Yes, which is the fourth single. So you're at your first project. A lot of first projects. Don't-
1: first single off the second record. Oh, is that what it was? Need You Now was the first single off the second record.
0: So, I'm talking to Dave, that song almost didn't even make that record.
1: Almost didn't make the record.
0: And it had, it had to be heard back like an old voice memo or
1: so, something. So, this is, by that time, okay, so first record we do this, and I believe we wrote all songs off the first record. Maybe there was one that was outside, but I think we had recorded it before we even, like, I think Victoria Shaw had written it, and I, and I remember I, we, we heard it and we were like, oh, we want to sing that but we didn't cut any outside like pitches from the label at that time and by the second record we were definitely feeling that like okay this is this is big and so we'd written all these songs and we go into the song meeting and we're just just you know trying to help narrow down the songs because you get very much in your head you you don't know what's good or bad by that time if you've written 60 songs it's like you always love the newest thing you've written and we're in there and uh we're playing all these songs and, and I don't know what made me open it up but I was like oh yeah there's one I'm missing. There was something we wrote with Josh Kier, but it's a crappy little work tape. But I will say the verse is kind of cool. And I played it. And everybody's like, it was hard to hear. I mean, it's like something you recorded on your phone. We didn't have the harmonies worked out yet. And Autumn House and Melissa Spillman um, both were like, that's cool. Like, I don't know what it is, but it's cool. Just try it. And so our process at this time, Paul Worley's process, was to go into a rehearsal space before he went in the studio and just work up songs and work them up and see what works. And so I think we took, let's say, 20 songs, and then we were able to narrow it down. And I remember like when we started working on Need You Now and all these different hooks started coming together, we were like, this is cool. This will be our favorite song off the record that won't be a single. You know how those are. It's like all my favorite records have like songs that never were singles, same, which are the greatest songs, yeah. and uh, I feel like a lot of our records have been that. I'm like, you know, it's like everyone's so afraid of putting out the ballad, you know, and it's like those are my favorites. But uh, yeah, so we we ended up cutting it, and I think we cut we cut we cut them in batches, um, and it was like we cut like six songs, and we were out on the road, and our label was like you know, we had had this like plan for them to come over and listen to like the first batch of songs, but we had randomly had like some show we needed to go do. And so we were like, well, y'all just go listen and just let us know what, what they think. And, and we were like, they're going to want our kind of love for a single, fun, tempo, duet, out of the gate, big old hit. And our, uh, I can't remember who texted us. I think it was like my publicist. um, And she was like, They're losing their mind over Need You Now. They're like, we had to play it like multiple times. And we're like, no kidding, Need You Now. Wow, how about that? And, you know, it ended up changing our life.
0: Yeah, when did you realize that rocket ship was truly a rocket ship and different than, we'll say, the race car that the
1: last record was? I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's so many different times. It's, It's hard to remember. We were so busy, and I didn't know any different didn't know any different it was like oh this is this is what happens but i do remember rundy was a grind to get it up the charts it almost died at like 30 and jimmy harnon who we're with now was at Capitol, um and i think that's why i wanted to go back and work with jimmy harnon so much because i could like i would be out on the golf course with him and he was on the phone the whole time i was like he's not very fun to play golf with but that's who i want on my side um and he i he really i, I believe single-handedly pushed run to you through to get it heard. Cause songs like that, I mean think of some songs like too, like like Girl Crush needed to just be heard to get through those. And it really doesn't songs people don't realize don't really get heard until they're top twenty. Not really. Not enough to soak into the ether of people's minds. And so it broke 30, got to twenty, almost died, broke twenty, and then once it got up it kind of finally took off. But Need You Now was so easy. It was like every station was like, we're in, we love it, can't stop playing it. And it just blew. And I remember being like, this is different. And we had never had a song just like sell like this. Um, And it just felt different.
0: Well, when did people start to go, hey, we're going to actually try this at Hot AC. Or we're going to see it's crossing over to pop.
1: That was, I believe, I can't remember his name, but I believe the Nashville pop station was the first one to do it. Um if I'm not mistaken. And, it was, and it's so funny. If you listen, we had the cup, we had to do, there was like a couple stations that wouldn't play the sly guitar because they thought it was too country. And we were like, I think they thought it was a steel guitar. And it was like, I remember being like, screw them, then don't play it. And then it was like, no, this is a big song. So we changed the, the, so it goes the, um and the soul. if you notice on the, on the pop version, it's just like kind of more of like just a, 80s, you know, kind of kind of riffy guitar part, but I remember you know, once it started getting played over there and really taken off, you know, it just it just took on a different life. I mean, obviously though the Grammys we we got to perform it on the Grammys. And if I'm not mistaken, they had made a mistake. They thought Need You Now had already gone number 1 or something. I think they thought they were getting run to you and Need You Now mixed up. And they let us, because, perf- oh, oh, that's what it was. They thought Need You Now was what we were nominated for. We were actually nominated for Run To You. In the
0: country category.
1: In the country category. And if I'm not mis- mistaken, they didn't realize, but but it was too late. And then the song was doing what it was doing. And Gary was like, no, we're going to do Need You Now. And so we do Need You Now on the Grammys. And I think it had just gone like a- around top 10 or something. Maybe number one, maybe top 10.
0: Which chart? Country. country. Country.
1: Got it. And once we performed it on the Grammys, it took off and took on a whole nother life. And that's when, too, all the other pop stations that were kind of, you know, it it, it just kind of blew up.
0: This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is fresh leather, yep. friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff?
1: I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there.
0: Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. .com. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, Audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food. So the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. to 785-833. Were you so busy that you
1: didn't actually notice how famous you were getting? Oh, yes. I still, to this day, being a, being a guy in a group, I mean, there's such a beautiful anonymity to it. It's like I've always thought it was the most beautiful thing. I mean, yes, I'm tall, walking through an airport, but people are still like, I, I I recognize you, but I still don't really know. Are you from Little Big Town? Are you, what, what are you? Are you, famous? are you a baseball player or something? <laughs> and there's just a beautiful anonymity to it. Um, you know, you get to go kind of be this freaking rock star in front of all these people and then literally go off and I could go to the Applebee's after the show and maybe one person would recognize me, which is great. And I've always thought that's the beautiful thing about being in a group, especially a country group. Um, but it was definitely different. I don't know. I think the three of us like humbled each other so much. We never like felt famous, and so each of us, anytime like someone would maybe try to like do something that was a little too famous or put like sunglasses on in the airport, we'd be like, "What, the, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop doing that!"
0: In a few minutes, I want to talk about some songs that you wrote that other artists cut mm-hmm. that, w- that were massive songs. Um, put your headphones on for just a second. Okay. I just want to play some stuff from the new record.
1: Am I rambling? Am I? No, good no, not at, at, at all. This or horrible at this?
0: No, you're great at this. Okay, good. This is what this is. All right, good. I just feel like I ramble.
1: That's good. I'm not very good at like succinct
0: answers. That's why this is perfect, perfect. for you. This is the only. This is the only place you should talk for now on in this room with me. And we'll just service <laughs> it to everybody else. Uh, talk of this town. It's you three, Jordan Reynolds, who I know from working with Dan and Shay, mm-hmm. and then Nicole Galleon, who I know pretty yeah. well as well. When there two, are five of you in a room, those two powerhouses.
1: There, I was about to say two of the best songwriters
0: we have. And and I ask you this question honestly. When there are five of you in a room, are you going? All right, we have five great songwriters here are you going alright this song's 20% to each of us no like
1: no you're not sorry all. I didn't mean to cut no, you, no no not at
0: all because I know some folks who don't want to write with more than three people because they're like if this song does hit I don't want to split the money this much
1: I mean maybe you know if anybody has that would have that concern it should be a songwriter I mean for us you know I've always said it's you know we're which is why we cut a lot of outside songs I mean we make our money on the road you know we're, we're selling t-shirts and stuff these songwriters are the ones that You know, or or sometimes, in my opinion, getting very screwed with what's going on, you know, with with payments and streaming. Very very much so, yeah. And and so if anything, you know, these are two powerhouses. They don't, you know, they could just, the three of them, or the two of them could just write a song and send it to us. And if we love it, we'll probably cut it. We don't have an ego with that. But I will say when the three, when Dave and Hillary and I can get together in a group with another writer it just becomes our sound more. And we know where our vocal parts need to go. You know, there's times that obviously we've cut outside songs, but, you know, and there's been some that have been sent that I was like, it just didn't fit our voice. I was like, damn. But when you're in a room with, with two writers like that, you kind of go into it going, there's no way we're going to write a bad song. It, it, it would be impossible to write a bad song. Now, it doesn't mean there's not times we'll go in and write songs that just barely don't make the record. I mean, there's... And I and and sometimes I get such like, gosh, did we make the right choice? You know, there's so many songs, for every artist. I guarantee you, Luke, Dan, and Shay, as much as they write, have, you know, hundreds of hits out there, just that you know will never see the light of day, which is kind of a shame. But uh, but you know you're going to go into the room and get something good with these two.
0: Let me play. Uh, and I have a few tracks I wanted to talk about specifically. Here's uh, "Talk of This Town." I'm gonna to go to the second song, and not that we're gonna do this all chronologically, but I was I'm friends with Ryan Heard. Yeah, who was one of the writers with you yeah. on this on this next show.
1: Who I just saw this morning, I was telling you right when I walked in here. We were he was we were at our little house working out and he was hitting golf balls. <laughs> he uh
0: had, had also posted, which is why I looked this up, he had posted, Hey, thanks for letting me be a part of writing a little bit of this record. Yeah. And it's you know, this song here, What a Song Can Do, and it was you. Yeah. Uh Ryan Hurd, Sam Ellis, Laura Beltz. Let me play this, then I have a it question. It can make you dance
1: it make you cry Make you wanna give one more try Start a band And kiss that girl And break some rules make it make you give your heart And get it back Change your mind Just like that With a sack You know, you
0: talk about being deliberately equal when you're singing. What about the songwriting process? And, you know, because you have uh, the the single now, which Hillary wrote. Mm -hmm. You were not on that writing team. Are you guys deliberate about how many songs get on cuz it's hard it's hard to yeah. not be
1: biased when you write Oh no no, song. no doubt um you know there was a time by the way what a song can do probably is my favorite song i've been a part of writing in 4 or 5 years
0: why that specifically
1: it is the sound of it is so quintessential lady a um to me it's got the back and forth with hillary but it's got that kind of a little bit of petty tom petty Southern, you know, it just reminds me of like, what if I never get over you? Need you now. It's in the same vein of all those little things that I feel like when we're at our best, that's the sound of of our band. But uh, and I love Ryan Hurd; he does that so well. I told him I was like, we could like that little writing group right there, along with David Hillary. We could, we could write an entire record together, you know. Especially sprinkling like Jordan Reynolds and Nicole Gallian. It's like we all love the same types of sounds and music. Um, but this record in particular. <laughs> You know, it was written during the pandemic. And I I needed something to take my mind off of everything. And I wrote almost every day. And so it naturally was just that thing of like, uh, with this record. I mean, there were records in the past, I will say, maybe around like the fourth or fifth record where you can tell, like, you're like, man, are Dave and Hillary not into this song because they're not on it? Or are they just, are they really listening to it? We're so at this point now, we're like, we're so in a weird way. I hate to say that, but we are like very kind of ego-less, egoless when it comes to this band right now. We just want to stay relevant and make great music. And, and and I mean, the first time I heard, it, the funny thing is, is like Hillary didn't write much at all this past year. I wrote an, an insane amount. Dave wrote a pretty solid amount and Hillary didn't write that much. But when she wrote, she is like, when she wrote she wrote like some of the best songs she's ever written. Worship What I Hate is probably the most powerful song off the record, anybody that gets the record. I'm not, you know, she wrote it with Dave, um, Natalie Hemby, and um, Amy Waj. Amy Waj writes a lot with uh, Ed Sheeran. And I remember hearing that and being like, if I was in the room and you threw out a title, Worship What I Hate, I'd have been like, we're not writing that. That's too heavy. And so we've kind of learned too, probably saying with Like a Lady. I was like, Like a Lady? We're named Lady A, like a lady, which is kind of what's cool about it. I mean, like, it's a little too feminine for us. We can't do that, man. I mean, we got two guys in this group. And so we've learned that sometimes it's also nice and it gets us out of our own way. Because when I get in the writing room, I'm I'm pretty opinionated and I can't help myself, but really kind of insert uh, in a big way um, my opinions. And, you know, so we've learned too that it's nice to step away. But we are at our best, I think, when the three of us are in the writing room together. But, uh, but naturally, this record—the reason I have so many—is just I wrote so much. And what I love about David, Hillary, too, is like—I mean, when they first heard what a song could do, they're like, "That's first off, that's got to be a single at some point." They were like, "This is one of the best songs, you know." It's—it was our story, right? You know, that song feels like such our story. So
0: here is—you talk about it. I also was going to highlight this. This is worship. What I hate. What I
1: hate. I didn't even realize. That's the outro. I've heard it before. I know, but play the. Are you able to actually play play the you some want, of the, the choruses, Mike? What do you have? I thought you were telling me like hey this is a song you haven't heard before. I was
0: like, no, I know. No, I'm, I'm no, the, <laughs>
1: but 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 it's some of the He's best. I like, am Charles from
0: Lady A. I am no, like, yeah, bro. We do
1: but this. some of the best lyrics, man. Um, you want it from the start. Man, just do it. It's 7.02 like, in the morning. Yeah, Here we go. Here I know, But do yeah. like the first verse and chorus. I just... You it's it's one it. of the best Can we written... legally
0: play that much on a podcast? Uh, Maybe not There's the just music thing. rights issues on a uh,
1: podcast. Oh, got you. Well...
0: I can, I can start it from the first
1: verse. Okay. Okay. That's okay. That's course. You want it back early Oh, this is great. Okay. No, that's great. Okay. Nobody that I didn't have to blame. I'm seeing every flaw like a face talking about all her every cure insecurities like and you're like trying to build a church out of all my hurt when it really needs grace i gave all my time to nothing tell me that's not the, one of the best voices in country music right and there and not
0: only in this song what stuck out to me it's not just that she's a great singer but you can also hear her be vulnerable with her that's, voice at times
1: I'm, I'm telling you man when she's when she's at her best she like like there was a song on the one before ocean, which was the title track, and then the, there was a song on the one before called hurt and she, we always try to find this that one thing that just breaks your heart and it's always everybody's favorite off the record that never becomes a single which, that
0: that was hurt to me in this song mm-hmm. was you hear her not be super strong vocal hillary you hear her be great singer but also yeah. great communicator with her exactly. voice exactly
1: you can tell I mean that song is about you know, what we were all doing, especially during a pandemic, just everyone just sitting there doing these unhealthy things, drinking too much. Lord knows I was, uh, looking at our phones all the time, comparing ourselves to others. And, and it was like, you know, I worship what I hate. Like, I'm, I'm, this is like my idol. Now this phone is my idol. This, this is, you know, and it was like, when I heard it, I was floored. I was just blown away. And I, and I literally texted Dave and Hillary. I was like, i'm so glad i wasn't there that day i think i was on i was golfing <laughs> i was like guys i have got like one of my, i think i was probably golfing with darius i was like when darius wants to golf i always say yes and um I, and i was like man i just i've been writing a lot y'all, y'all just go and do this and i just was like gosh that's floored me
0: I'll ask you about one more song. Mostly, it's not so much about the song, but there's a song, Friends Don't Let Friends, which, Mm -hmm. where was I playing this, Mike? Why has this been played recently? We did it on New Music. Nice. We did? Yeah. good. That's what it Mm -hmm. is. Okay, okay. So we were talking about this song, and it's you, Carly, TR, Darius. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just reminded me of the awkward when you have to ask somebody or you ask someone to do a project or song with you. (laughs) Yeah. You ever ask somebody and they say no?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: You ever? Often. Yeah, I'm su- I'm assuming you. It's, it's it's a give and take, or I'm yeah. You say oh yeah, no and we've been
1: asked. I mean, honestly, like, I mean, I've asked several artists, and they were just like, "Man, I mean, literally, like, I've been on, you know." And most most of the time, it's like I'm on so many. And the truth is, it is. I mean, think of all these artists. I mean, how many other projects they're on? And I, there was a couple that that, you know, I was like, I get it, and like, you know. And you're like, they're like, and I got a single about to come out with this person. You know, you're like. Totally understand because the last thing you want to do is put them on a song, and then you don't get single rights. For those out there listening, like just because they're on this song, you know, we'll still have to run through. Like we'll we'll have to for us to put the song out to radio. Like we'll have to ask Darius's people and, and and Universal and um, if it's not a single though, at some point I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna raise a sting because it's one of my favorite songs. I wrote this with Tr down at the beach. We were literally watching our kids play, and we had a little beer in our hand, and we were like, friends I'll let friends drink alone. we got to write that. And so, yeah.
0: What a song can do. Uh, New record, 14 songs. A lot of songs, I mean, you know, considering what people are putting in records now, and a lot of people are focusing on four or five song packages, why was it important to you guys to put out such a robust?
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, we just had a lot of material. I mean, but uh, I don't know if you noticed we'd put out you know, put them out in chapters, like seven first, then seven later, and I don't know if that was the right or wrong move. We were trying to just see if people could wrap their heads and consume the music a little bit more that way, because not from a necessarily sales standpoint, just like, for me, I will I will be honest, it's hard for me to wrap my head around more than about 11 songs it's off of record. It's hard for me to wrap four, yeah, four I know, these days. And, and honestly, moving forward, who knows if we'll ever do as much, you know, I mean, because I really do, with every year that goes by, it's like, this is a singles game, but... Or at least, you know, maybe the thing for me would be, be beautiful is like put out like these little four songs the EPs where you've got like the radio single and then you got some other stuff. But it just I don't know, man. It always breaks my heart how much music we write that we feel really proud of and you just want it to get out there. And I don't know. Now we're getting to the spot where it's like we don't have to be the biggest thing in the world. I, I don't you know, we've we've in my favorite acts, man. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I you know, I was I probably Really focused on their first three or four records, and then kind of like I'm still a big fan of like Bruce Springsteen, but I haven't bought one of his new records. And and I totally get it. We're if we're not selling or consuming as much as we did in the beginning, we're you know. But I do think this record and, and our last record, Ocean, is some of the best music we've ever put out. And um, we finally have just gotten out of our way of of trying to like put out or write what we think. Like you guys, you know, are gonna love. Don't
0: or, don't look at me. I have nothing I know. to do with it.
1: I know that, but you know what I mean.
0: I've gotten further out of the, that game than than I ever could. I know, right? Um, when you talk about artists, it's just what what you're saying to me. There, I had the same conversation with Luke Brian. We were flying to Idol together, and he was like, "Man, he was like, I've had my time." Yeah. He's like, I always want to be the guy, but I've had my time being the guy. The guy. He's like, it's time for the next people yeah. that are the guy to be totally. the guy. Well, he's
1: always going to be... Sorry, I keep moving your mic. He's always going to be... He's Luke Bryan. But yeah, I mean, at some point you've got to like... The only way this genre survives is is for us to give these new artists a chance. And they've learned off of, of us and seen what we've doing. And I hope they take it and take it to a whole nother level. If anything, I'm just looking for... You know, that was why I, I get really, obviously when Marin came out, she was just so like such a breath of fresh air, you know, Ingrid Anderson, I'm I'm waiting for more of that, for people to start taking some chances a little bit and, uh, and and us as a genre to take some more chances because there is a lot of the same out there and, and that's okay too. I mean, it's very, it's it's great and it's fun. It's easily digestible, but man, I like, I, I want, I'm, I'm ready for more because I need it too, man. I thrive off of like, discovering new music, and, and uh, you know, I'm ready for the next big thing.
0: Before we run here, I do want to highlight a few songs that you wrote that other artists cut. We mentioned Luke. Uh,
1: 2009,
0: Luke Bryan, Do I. Do I turn you on Was this your first songwriting success at all?
1: Yes. Well... At all, outside the band.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, Meaning, did you write it for you guys?
1: We just... I don't know what made us... um, I think we just became good friends with Luke, and I don't necessarily know if we were trying to like get an outside cut, or I was just like, Luke, we should write sometime. And, um, yeah, we just... uh, Let's see. This was... So the funny thing, this was... We wrote this around kind of the time probably Randy was doing its thing. The reason I remember around the time it was is because we had need you now at number one and do i was at number two so talk about as a songwriter i remember being like oh yeah cool and now i'm like going back like that doesn't happen dude (laughs) and i remember calling up mike dungan you were on the same label and i was like dude Kill need you now make do i go up to number one he goes we can't like you can't stop need you now right now like this is and need you now set up there for like four weeks while do i like set up there like waiting for its turn and then finally we had dropped just enough for Do I to get in there and get the number one. And I remember being as a songwriter like, this is pretty daggum cool. But um, man, Luke, I mean, we can't, I can't take a ton of credit. Luke had this idea and the chorus was half as long. And I was like, that chorus is so hooky, Luke. I was like, we got to double that chorus. And then it's got to come back to the Do I. He had the Do I, turn you on and I want to kiss you, baby. Side of me, wanting want you drive you crazy. Baby, Do I. That's as long as it was. It was like, no, man, keep it going. And so we, I feel like some of Dave and I's pop melody, you know, kind of got in there, and uh, and you know, and it was Luke's first number one. But I feel like it opened it, it, it opened him up in a big way that he wasn't just this kind of one trick pony. But obviously, nothing did for Luke what Country Girl Shake It For Me did for Luke. Right. But it was cool to be a part of his first number one.
0: And, that, and by the way, you, you have, I believe, 11 number ones with Lady A that you've written. So when I mean songwriter, yeah. I mean that you Outside. were just the songwriter, that you weren't singing with your own voice on a yeah. record. And so that's, um, I, I grabbed a couple. Uh, Darius, Homegrown Honey. Yeah,
1: yeah. Grown honey.
0: Again, when you write this,
1: what's the, what's the mindset? You're writing for Darius? Um, we knew, I had told Darius, like, you know, I was like, we've never written together, man. Why have we never written together? This is crazy. We're like best friends. Which is the same thing with like uh, Thomas Rhett. He's got two songs off this new record. I was like, We've been friends for freaking seven, eight years. Like, how have we never written together? And the only two songs we've written <laughs> made this record, Friends and Let Friends, and, and a song called Things He Handed Down. But Darius, we, we, we were there and uh and so I went over to Nathan Chapman's um, studio a little bit before and I was like, We're about to write with Darius. We gotta get something kind of brewed up. And uh, and we kinda had this little chorus is honey, 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 yo, so money. And I was like, ooh. Man, that sounds like that could be a cool Lady A song. I was like, <laughs> and I was like, if he doesn't like this, we're going to save this for Lady A. And the minute we played it for him, he was like, "That's awesome!" And so, you know, we were just off to the races. But, um, but yeah, that day we were in my head. We were trying to write for Luke. I mean, uh, Darius.
0: One more 2018. Brett Young here tonight.
1: Mm-hmm. Were you guys touring? together? I feel like we were, you were touring together when you wrote this. One. We were, and I don't know if he still does this he can't write without a whiskey in his hand he is so funny like because he's like he's like superstitious or yes i don't know if it's superstitious or it just calms him down he's not like and i don't want to say this and i hope he wouldn't think i like am like throwing him under the bus because he's not like i drink more than than, than brett i mean he's a very controlled guy but like i remember we wrote it like 11 o'clock and i was like do you are you drinking whiskey at eleven, it's like, do we need to talk? Do we need to have a talk? <laughs> and you know, I'd like just woken up. I had like coffee in my hand. I was like, man, you're a rock star, dude. And he goes, dude, I can't write without having a whiskey man. hand. And uh, so, anyways, that one I had uh, just had a little bit of that melody the, of the end, and uh, I was trying to write for him. He probably thought he was trying to write for, for me, uh, which happens a lot. I wrote a song with Marin and Ryan heard, and I thought I was going in there to write a song with with Marin. For her record, and uh, and and she's saying in the demo, and she's like, and she was like Hillary's going to kill this. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, no, Maren, you're going to kill this. And uh, it's so funny; it almost made our record. It may make a future record, but uh, but yeah.
0: The last things I'm going to ask you are a bit about the name change, but yeah. not really what you expect about the name change. No, it's I don't just, mind it at all. I'm not. I'm really not that interested in in the yeah. drama of that. I mean, I think we kind of all saw that. Play out, but it's like all the merch you had with Lady Annabelle written Uh, on it. Like, those are the questions I have. Like, what the crap do you do with all? It's like a uh, World Series team that finishes second. Like, you got it all printed out. What do you do with it then?
1: I don't know. I mean, listen, I I love, you know, I just think we're in a time now where, like, when you know better, you know, when you know better, you do better. And we had never thought about that name. I mean, I had talks with so many of my, uh, you know, my black friends, and they were like, you know, I never really thought about it, but when I look at it, you know, they were like, because I know you guys and I know that's not, but they were like, I could see how that just, and I don't know, man, with everything that's going on, it's like, I don't want to be a part of any, I don't want to have anything associated with us that would make any human being think that that was any part of our hearts because it could not be any more different. Um, I just think it's just one of those, I call it one of those little blind spots, especially when you grow up in the South, you're like, you kind of. You kind of, in a weird way, romanticize some some things around here that you're not necessarily associating it with the bad. You're associating it with like the grace, the this, and that, you know what I mean? And I think that was kind of naively, kind of where we were in that. And and there's a lot of people that thought we folded or whatever. And it's like, well, you know what? Then if you if you don't want to be a part of the conversation of change and just opening ourselves up to like making a better world, then that's fine. You know, dig your heels in, but that was what it was all about. And yeah, I mean, probably a lot of t-shirts out there. <laughs> there was a lot of like all kinds of stuff we you know. And people still will call us Lady Annabelle. I uh, slipped and have done that. That's I did okay. that on the Opry that's, stage and I was no, like but, I was like, God. Dang. No, no, listen, that's okay. I mean, same thing with the Dixie chicks. They they never had there's no way they had any intention of that being offensive. And there's a lot of people that are like, well, it's not offensive. And it's like, well, no, kidding, it's not offensive to you. And Lady Annabella is not offensive to you. Listen, it wasn't offensive to me. It's not necessarily, I don't associate those things with that word, but a lot of people do. And when you can make a change, and especially when people called us, you know, Lady A, that probably would have been the most difficult thing if we didn't, because think about the brand recognition. That would have been the most difficult thing if we didn't have a name that already everyone associated. I mean, from the day day one, I mean, I remember like, First time we went on today's show, it was like Lady A taking over the pavilion. This is like 2007, so everyone's been calling us Lady A. But uh it was a very difficult time. I mean, really wild. Um, Never been in our lives, kind of misinterpreted like you know, like that or whatever, or, or, or you know, and because it's always been about the music, and that's that's what we wanted about. That was one reason. You know, that wrote that song Talk of This Town. I was like, I don't want to be the talk of this town. It's got a little double meaning there. Um, but man, we learned a lot about ourselves. And it kind of made us even more passionate about being a part of of a band that represents love and a welcome environment and and putting out music that makes people feel good. I don't know. So for us it's like I know there's something beautiful that's gonna happen. And I know there's something beautiful that's that's out there that you know, we're, we're all, we all are going to make changes and people are always so resistant to it. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I'm, I'm hoping that there's going to be some beauty from the, from the name change at some point. Cause I will say right now, it's, it, it's been, it's been pretty tough to be misinterpreted so bad with your intentions, especially people that
0: don't know you, never That's even tried to know never you, never even tried. And they're only basing their only knowledge of you off a headline that they exactly. read in three seconds.
1: Exactly. And, and, and and trust me, there's so much more to that in a very crazy way that people wouldn't even understand, you know. But uh but listen, we're just we're trying to do our best, like everybody else. And I think as long as you try and and um and you know, try to leave the world a little bit better. You know, I don't want my my little boy as he grows up and he's in history class going, Dad, well what did you mean by that? And why did you now, cause when I learned about it, I was like, Well, huh, that's hard to explain. I don't know. Yeah. And so I don't know. It just, we grew up, man. You grow up and you start looking at the world and going, all right, man, we can all do better. And that's just the bottom line. We can. And sometimes it takes a pandemic and, you know, and, and, and a lot of things that happen that, that kind of change the world for the better, you know, and it takes time. It's, it's, it's still going to take a long, long, long time, but there's a, there's some beauty, I think, that's going to come out of this pandemic and everyone having some forced stillness. And um, there's also going to be a lot of uh, anxiety and, and, and therapy we're all going to have to go through after this. What a Song Can Do is the new
0: record. Uh, good to talk to you, Good to talk to you. Yeah, I mean, man. I mean, it's not like we don't ever talk, but no, usually it's— With the three of us. Or it's—I think the last time I saw you was in the hallway of the Opry, and everybody's yeah. got their families or, you know, people with them.
1: How you like a married life, man? good does it feel any different or are you it you know?
0: feels yes it feels different in that i always feel like people in my life are going to leave me because growing oh, wow. up that's what happened well wow. my dad left my mom died everybody left wow i was but it's gonna be hard for her to do that legally <laughs> like like that's the that's, that's the difference awful. i always i always felt like man she's she's so freaking smart. She's yeah. so pretty. Everything, is, she shouldn't be with me. Awesome. And I always thought, well, eventually she's going to figure it out. But now if she figures it out, it's just going to take a couple more steps. <laughs> and I feel like in the midst of those steps, I can convince her otherwise. So, yes, oh, it has been so not,
1: great that I get scared. Yeah. It's so yeah. great. Well, that's that's good. At least it's so great. I mean, dude, the first, I remember the first year, I mean, me and my, my wife, you know, uh, sorry, mom and dad, but we lived in sin for a year. And it was like, you know. Once we moved in it was it didn't feel that much different cuz we would already kind of been together you know well, but and
0: we were dated for like 6 months then or 4 months or so then the pandemic hit and we were st-
1: oh, stuck wow. together we really whole time. had to get to know each other.
0: Yeah, and then it was like, oh yeah, this is for sure. Well, then you're awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, then you if you got through that, you get through anything. Anybody that literally were dating and got through the pandemic together are probably on a, a heck of a path. It's been
0: awesome. So awesome that I'm scared to say oh, it's been awesome. That's awesome. Um Okay, we'll 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 leave it there. You guys check out the new record. Yeah, um, good good talk. Good talk. You nailed this. Thanks, man. We just did an hour. Rambly, not not rambly at all. Honestly, rambly Jay over here. No, no, no. You conversationally and how you communicated how you should communicate. It's hard to communicate on any sort of show when you have nine minutes. And three people, yeah. And as much as you love those three people, I was telling them before you came in, it's like, all right, I got to spend enough time with Dave, I got to spend enough time with Charles, I got to spend enough time with Hillary, and then I got to make everybody feel like they're welcome. And then, oh, time to go. Second segment's over. Yeah. So
1: yeah, for sure. Send my love to everybody. I oh, will. And you should get you should get the two of them on separately. It'd be interesting. So yeah. Dave has been on. Okay. Cool. Dave came over for a long time. Dave
0: Dave sent me to on site basically. Yeah. So, I mean, you
1: know. He, he did when, me, too. When you, guys, <laughs> when you guys had the
0: controversy or yeah. the, the, like, I was reaching out to Dave, like, because I've been in a lot of trouble. And I've, not recently, but through my career, I've been sued. Yeah. I've been, I've, yeah. and so I reached out to Dave and was like, hey, man, I'm thinking about you. Here's what I know. Here's what I'm seeing from an outside. Because, you know, he's been, I mean, he sent me to Onsite, which is the place to go. I, don't, I wouldn't take that lightly. I, yeah. And, but that's, you know, a guy that I trust. And, yeah,
1: yeah, he's. He's he's one of the best, and the yeah. most genuine, and one of the biggest lessons. Our first manager said he had, he'd been around managing every act under the sun. He goes he goes, you're not famous till you've been sued at least two or three times. <laughs> people don't come after people without that are are, are aren't successful. You know, what I mean, I mean, when they see there, there's like a whole group of of lawyers and stuff out there too, looking for little little ways of making money off of off of off of people. I mean, this is just it is what it is. It My- don't you're not alone. There not there isn't an artist in this town that's successful that hasn't been sued for something I remember hearing a story one time that Bruce Springsteen got sued by someone in that had said he had written a poem in jail and it was easier to give the guy like 30 grand than to fight it with the lawyers and that's what they bet on it's so messed up it's the it's it's just yeah I can't even get it it's so icky
0: and that's why my even my car insurance is so high honestly yeah. like I have an umbrella insurance policy that's
1: like if somebody hits
0: you and they see it's, it's you
1: it's automatic if there's money to be made out there there's people that are pariahs that are gonna come try to get it alright you go uh, Charles Kelly at
0: Charles Kelly on Instagram Lady A's, got a, Lady A's got a new record and uh, we'll see you soon yeah man right, there he is this festival and concert season will be all about the boots and Takovas is your stop before attending your next concert All Tecovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovas has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tecovas store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today.